Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Station. Just a man that's a nickname, was not to say with no shame. Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. Hope all is well out there, there everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglian here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. Rich Hot Takes Letty stopping through today to touch on the Warriors winning another championship, their fourth in eight years. Obviously, the dynasty is still intact for the Golden State Warriors. Some interesting conversations to have with my man, Rich, who's been coming around talking NBA with me all season. So I'll be looking forward to catching up on some of these off-season notes. NBA draft also taking place this Thursday already, 8 p.m., NBA offseason goes by much faster than the NFL season, but that NFL season is hopefully going to be here sooner than we think as the summer's ripping on by. NFL offseason activities really kind of taking place all over the league now. Contract situations still trying to get figured out, and obviously players still looking for jobs. I assume a lot of people are still looking for jobs, even though there's a lot of jobs out there, a lot of a lot of craziness still going on. Obviously, the U.S. Open this week with the Live players able to play because of being a USGA event. And I saw Brooks Kepka be joining the Live Series. PGA Tour losing a lot of players to Greg Norman's series. Striking a lot of controversy for sure. Got a lot of interesting things I'm trying to catch up on solo. Hopefully be able to do that here after I touch up with Rich on some of the NBA. Much love to everybody checking in and following along with the podcast. You can always check it out. My Instagram page, my Twitter page. Always got a live version. Up on my Twitch stream, it's underscore Seggy underscore G. And still got the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. Plenty of podcasts. From plenty of people. I know we'll have to touch on Draymond Green's podcast after touching on that last week as well. Be good to see Rich. We're good to talk some sports. Hope you enjoy the show today. Rich should be here any minute. So we'll get right into Straight Talk. Brought about saying Straight Talk microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. Yo. Yo. How we doing? What's up, friendo? Oh, not a whole lot. I'm pretty busy with work. How about you? Yeah, you've been busy? Yeah, end of the quarter, start of the new quarter. Usually when things are a little busy, it sucks if there's no NBA on or anything like Look forward to watching it at night either. Got the NBA draft this Thursday night already? Pumped about that. Pumped about that for sure. That's fire. I cannot believe that shit's already here. Um, yeah, they do yeah. a good job of keeping off season goes going. by quick, yeah, well, and NBA it rolls draft, by. NBA uh, free agency starts July 1st, yeah, yeah, they do a good job of keeping the NBA in that news in the headlines. Uh, a lot of news right now around Kyrie Irving and his potential future with Brooklyn and going forward, so. I think it'll be interesting, interesting to see how some of these offseason moves go. I saw Christian Wood to the Mavs. I think that's a huge move um, that is kind of getting overlooked with just it being obviously the offseason and being so early. But uh, I was a big Christian Wood guy, and I'm not quite sure what the Rockets are doing. been talking about that a few times on here. Um, but big move for the Mavs, really. Good good piece for Luka. for both sides. Um. 
yeah, at this point, obviously the Warriors won another championship, so we hadn't been back to touch on that. Um, you had the Celtics in the series. I had the Warriors. Um, had the Warriors in five. I thought it was interesting when the Warriors lost game one and everyone really thought the Celtics were going to win this uh, series. Um, I never really lost lost faith in the Warriors. I did a pod with Chu, um, and I thought it was crazy how Steph goes for 43 and 10 rebounds, and then the next game he misses uh, all of his threes, 0 for 9. It was the first time in 233 games I had to fix that on the podcast that he didn't make a three-pointer, and they still end up winning the game, uh, did the Warriors. So I thought right then and there, that's when it was bad news for the Celtics, who really, Jason Tatum, man, um, had a terrible finals. Uh, Jalen Brown, not much better. Marcus Smart after game one, really terrible finals. Um, and yeah, I guess a lot of the, the talk is, oh, they're young. Um, they're, they're not as experienced. And I think, you know, I brought that up before the finals even started, but you know, I, I, I know there's guys that have been considered superstar talent that have struggled in their first finals. Um, MJ, Kobe, LeBron, all these guys. Um, but Jason Tatum for me, man, that was tough. Like Jason Tatum, and I think it's going to be hard. Like I was saying to you, uh, for me, I think it's going to be hard for the Celtics to get back to the finals. Um, you know, I think there's some interesting conversations coming out of this, right? Seeing, oh, can Steph Curry get in other finals? Oh, can the Celtics make it back to the finals? I hear a lot about what's going on with the legacy of KD and, and, and KD's decision to leave Golden State. And then, you know, I think it's interesting as well. You got the LeBron factor in this. You know, Steph Curry now has four. LeBron has four. Um, you know, everyone's counting rings nowadays. So I just think it's, I think it's super interesting. Like, who do I who do I think is going to win a ring, uh, win another ring first, LeBron or M, uh, Steph? I think that's interesting. Um, if the Celtics even ever make it back to win a ring, I think is another interesting question. And I think what I was talking about with KD um, and what he's going to be able to do, obviously now that I don't see him going back to the Warriors, um, and I think all the decision he made to leave the Warriors after how kind of things went since a lot of the reaction of him joining the Warriors, um, I think is really interesting as well, dude, because I think KD's legacy took a big hit. <laughs> Big hit, realistically. Um, oh, if, okay, hold on. Because you can't have it both ways. I don't think you're understanding me. Like, you can't have it both ways. Like, when KD went to the Warriors, I was like, wow, this is the biggest pussy move of all time. Like, I was not in tune with that. So, so you can't also you can't also be upset when he leaves. So, when he left, I was like, I was like, all right, man, let's see if you can do it. And, to be honest, he was the only team that got swept in these playoffs by the Celtics team that ended up making the finals. And by the way, Jason Tatum played his best defense in that first round series up against the Nets. He gradually got worse, in my opinion, on the defensive side of the ball. He wasn't stopping Jimmy Butler, I know that. And he wasn't stopping any of the Warriors in the finals. So the the next thing we were talking about was Jason Tatum's the next thing of everything because he outplayed Kevin Durant. And now all of a sudden to me, you know, like I was saying, there's no way in hell I'm taking Jason Tatum over Kevin Durant. My point is, is Kevin Durant going to be able to win on his own and be able to, if he can just do that one time, um, I think it would, I think it could even vault him over Steph with his four. Um, I think it, you don't, you start counting, oh, how many rings these guys have. It's just stupid. So I, I think it's interesting. Hold on, hold on. 
I think it's interesting. I I do too. I just think it's, we we got so much basketball stuff and Kevin Durant hasn't played in months. Where like, I don't, I haven't thought about Kevin Durant in months. Like I know people have been talking about his legacy, but it's like, yeah, if if we're talking about what should he have done, probably not leave Steph Curry to go trust Kyrie Irving. But yeah, Steph Curry's ahead of him probably in the ranks right now with getting the finals MVP, getting his what fourth ring in fourth ring six years. Is that what it is? Something like that. Um, Steph Curry's yeah. Steph Curry's been incredible. I don't I don't factor in anything Durant's been doing too much to anything. So a few things on the championship. The Celtics, I don't think it's that they were too young. I don't think at all that they can't get back. I just think the big question for them is, is what, hap- what happened to Jason Tatum there? Like, is Jason, was the moment too big for him? Is it that he was too young? Was he hurt? Was, like, what happened there? Because the main issues the Celtics ran into, Duke and I were texting throughout some of it. Because obviously Duke's a big Celtics fan. I was just like, dude, they don't. If Jason Tatum's going to play like this, they don't have a decision maker on their team. The Warriors shit on Draymond Green all you want. Draymond Green's a very good decision maker. Steph Curry's one of the best decision makers. Clay Thompson isn't someone that they let create stuff, but when the ball's into his hands, he's a decent decision maker. The Celtics had no one to set up their offense. Marcus Smart did a decent job at running point this year as someone who has not been a point guard hysterically. He's not a point guard, though. You can't be in the NBA Finals and say, like, hey, Jason Tatum doesn't have it, who's normally our creator. Here, Marcus, take the ball. Because that's not a decision maker. You need your people of shit on Chris Paul. You need your Chris Paul, your Luka, your your Steph Curry, your guy, even a Draymond Green, who it's like, I can put the ball in your hands. And it's not about scoring. It's about setting up our offense. The Celtics had no half-court offense the entire time because their half-court offense is Jalen Brown getting to the hoop or Jason Tatum breaking down the offense. Jason Tatum didn't break down the offense at all. So you have Marcus Smart out there trying to initiate an offense. Anytime Al Horford makes a three, it's like, oh my God, thank God. I just, they need someone who's a secondary, like, set up the <clears throat> offense guy to Jason Tatum mostly. Rich. Like, maybe the primary set up Rich. the offense guy in the post. Last time you were on here on the podcast, I was telling you about Marcus Smart. I was telling you how I, I thought this was a fluky season. I didn't see him as a defensive player of the year in these finals. Did you? Um, he had some defensive, good defensive games these series in these playoffs, but he was also flaky in and out of games with injuries. Um, Jason Tatum with over 100 turnovers in these playoffs, most in NBA history. Um, down the stretch, they tried to turn him into the ball handler, and you saw he really wasn't able to do that. Um, with some really pathetic turnovers. Um, so yeah, I don't know if the moment was too big or if they were just asking him to do things he wasn't able to do. My point is they needed somebody else. They needed some playoff Rondo off the bench. They needed somebody to do something dead ass, like in a way with the ball, like, cause no one else, they, Jalen Brown needs goggles. He can't dribble. He needs those, those practice goggles. You give, uh, the kids in, in elementary school to not look down because he can't dribble, dude. I don't know how he's been an NBA player for this long and can't dribble. My, what I'm trying to say is if you're telling me the Celtics are going to win that series, it was because of Jason Tatum, right? Uh, what, do you see the East? Do you see the East getting any easier for the Celtics? Everyone's acting like the Celtics are just going to be running through the East. I do not believe the Celtics would have won the series against uh, the Bucks if Middleton was there. I don't believe the, they would have beat the Heat if Tyler Hero didn't have to sit out games. I do not believe the Celtics are this team that is just going to be able to run it back and be in the finals again. So if you're on the same page as me, which I think we are, they're going to need to get a guy in here, Mike Conley, uh, 
uh, my, Malcolm Brogdon I've been hearing. You you like him a lot. Some type of point guard facilitating guy that can help these guys out in these crunch time situations dribbling the ball because that's something they don't have. They don't have a guy that can dribble. And if you're going to rely on Al Horford to have 30-point games for you to win playoff games, like that's that's what they had to do twice. Um, that's not going to get it done to me. And so they were – I was surprised that they didn't lose in five. Uh, Warriors really botched it in game one because if they had won game one, in my opinion, the Warriors would have won in five. Um, I had won some money on this series, but I was not surprised to see the Celtics blow it like this, particularly in the fourth quarter with Jason Tatum performances, missing free throws, turning the ball over. And same thing with floppy Marcus Smart. Out here acting like he's the defensive player of the year, locking dudes down and flopping all over the court. So to me, honestly, like the Celtics were in this spot. And like I said, this was their chance to win a championship. I guess it was their, what, 20th they were looking for to, to pass the Lakers. And they hadn't been there since 2012, I think is the stat. 10 years or something like that. I don't see them getting back there within the next five. And I asked you that question last time we were on the podcast. I don't see the Celtics getting back to the finals. And I get they've played in Eastern Conference Finals. But I just think this was... There's so many things I don't think... We said the same thing about the Suns last year, and the Suns didn't make it back. And Devin Booker had better games in the Finals, in his first Finals, just as young as Jason Tatum, than did Jason Tatum. That that stuff's like... We're not far enough into the offseason to be talking about a year from now and what's going to happen. We have we had the draft. We had just came off the NBA Finals, some good basketball. Like, we don't know if the Celtics are going to make it back. Let them make their offseason moves. Like, yeah, if the Celtics run back the same exact team next year and Middleton's healthy and the Sixers maybe do a sign-in trade for Harden and, like, who knows what the net – like, there's so many unknowns right now. I'd say, without a doubt, the Celtics are going to be, in my mind, like a top three team to be there next year. It'll be the Bucs. It'll probably be the Celtics, and it'll be someone else out of the East there. Bucks will probably be the favorite again. I agree the Bucks would have been there if Middleton was healthy. Celtics have some things they need to address. But people, I think, overreact a little bit to this because it's like, oh, my God, they lost in the finals because we have to react to everything. In February, this team was almost out of the playoffs. And so it's like... Dude, I don't want to hear that, bro, because you picked them to win this finals. Of course I did. Many people did. It's like, yeah, that's... I understand that. I'm not saying... But I don't think it's this disaster that they didn't win. You wanted to see something better from Jason Tatum. But months ago, it would have... Any Celtics fan, anyone in the world would have been like, oh my God, it's the best season in the world if the Celtics make the finals this year. Like... They've progressed every single year the last few years, so I think people are too quick to write them off because Jason Tatum's coming off a bad series. What I saw, to take some positives from that series, Jalen Brown is has the potential of being a guy who can shoulder an offense for a period of time, despite the fact that he, after he takes his two dribbles, he's lost out there. He knows what he's doing on his first two dribbles, and then the second he gets stopped on a move and has to create past that, it's like, it, I feel like I'm watching me out there right now trying to dribble where it's like, oh, fuck, this ball could go anywhere right now. So, like, that's that's a problem. But the fact that he can do all that and shoulder an offense in the finals despite that is like, yeah, it's hard to get your ball handling better at probably at his age. But if he can glue that together a little bit, that's a guy that can shoulder your offense already. Rob Williams, I said it when Marcus Smart won the defensive player of the year. Marcus Smart won the defensive player of the year because him and Rob Williams were so high up in it, and then Rob Williams missed the last three weeks. So I think literally the voters were like, well, Celtics had a great defense, and Rob Williams missed time, so Marcus Smart gets it. Marcus Smart is not a better defender than Mikel Bridges. Marcus Smart's not a more valuable defender than Rudy Gobert. 
than Rob Williams. It's just not. That's not even off recency bias and some bad clips in the finals. Like, I said this to you on one of these podcasts. Like, Rob Williams is the best defender. Yes, dude, but I've said a lot of this stuff to you on the podcast, too, about the Celtics. And I personally feel like they they the only negative they botched they bit they went up and botched this and I think you know I think we saw the Celtics team which you did since January first basically being one of the best teams in the NBA um you know that guy that went out and got that tattoo of the uh, Celtics being the NBA champion he didn't think it was crazy and he was two wins away two wins away from from thinking he was gonna have it uh, dialed in like he's got the sports almanac. Yeah, you could be having a worse day than that guy. At this point, Rich, I just, I just I think the Celtics, I think the Celtics really let let down this this opportunity. Is my point. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, and yeah, I guess every opportunity when you lose the championship, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overacting. I'm just saying I don't know how many opera more, more opportunities I see the Celtics having it at getting to an NBA championship because I thought it was, I thought it was very fluky the way they got through this year, even sweeping the Nets. I did not expect that to happen. And I don't think if you run it back against the Nets, they're about to just be sweeping them again. Like, I don't know. I just don't see that happening. It was an average average score differential of like three points a game. So, yeah, that was like the closest sweep we've ever seen. I think the Celtics won the total series by 11 points in four games. Like, that's insane. And they won all four. It's winning by an average of two points a game. So, you're right. Most times that series is going six or seven games because those games are so close and the Celtics just had to come – happened to come out even in the end. I think the Celtics don't make it there if Chris Middleton's healthy. I think the Celtics should have made easier work of the Heat than they did. So, like, you're right. We can go on both sides of this all day and say, like, hey, there's multiple scenarios where that Jimmy Butler shot goes in, the Celtics aren't there, Middleton's there. That Yeah, and I guess I would just say about it like this. Like, I have more faith in the Bucks than I do the Celtics going forward. Even with Middleton's injury, the Bucks almost won that series. No, listen, right? The Sixers, they're bringing back James Harden, right? Short-term deal, like... Uh, is Joel Embiid not not a, a superstar anymore? Like the Heat. Okay, I get Jimmy Butler kind of up in the air with with some of their role players, but Tyler Hero and and Kyle Lowry were shells of themselves. So it's like if they were if they could be sixty percent, I thought they could have won that series against the Celtics. I, I look I around at other teams in the East and I'm like, bro, I don't see the Celtics as this shoe in to be even top three in the East. I really don't. There's one shoe-in in the league right now, and it's the Bucs when they're healthy. They're the team that it's like they should be in the conference finals every single year if they're healthy, and if they didn't, something went wrong. I don't even think you can say, like the Mavs were there this year, I don't think you could say they're a shoe-in to be there. The Suns clearly aren't a shoe-in to be there. The Warriors, I don't I don't care if they're champions. I don't think they're a shoe-in to be in the Western Conference Finals next year. So, like, I don't think any team is. I just think, besides the Bucks, I just think the Celtics are one of the most well-constructed teams to keep getting back. Because the only thing you have the risk of losing right now, unless you want to trade someone, is Al Horford. Like, yeah, you're probably not getting those Al Horford performances next year or a year from now. Maybe, hopefully, but probably not. Um, and that could be a big loss. But the fact that four of your five best players, Rob Williams, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, should only be getting better. Or maybe Marcus Smart's probably around his prime right now. But those other three should only be getting better. If you can bring in one of those guys, I mean, if they could bring in Brogdon, I'd probably be saying, uh, like, it's them or the Bucks winning the championship the next year. I'd be, I would be a huge fan. Jesus of that. fucking Christ, dude! Really oh my God! All right, let, uh, let's get off the Celtics because they're fucking the trash. Let's get let's switch into the Warriors here. I don't think I don't. They're trash, right? You're overreacting. They're trash. They're they're a. 
top four, I pull the odds, top four favorite to win the title next year. I wouldn't be betting them. I'd be betting teams like the Bucks that are around the same odds, some teams lower, but they're not they're going to be a great team next year. I bet they're going to be a top three seed next year and make some noise again. I don't know if they'll be back in the finals. Probably not. Every team has a better chance of not making the finals than they do making the finals. Well, a lot of people have the Warriors making it back to the finals and you say not to overreact about things, and I think that is semi overreaction but at the same time that's just strictly how i feel about the west as well like i think the west is loaded i think i said this on the pod when you were here before like they got through uh, a denver nuggets team regardless of how you know how i feel about them they didn't have jamal murray they didn't have michael porter jr and basically they're running Jokic's train into the ground they got past the grizzlies with john Morant missing three games and then they ended up playing the mavericks which by the way we all know was just a one-man show with luca and they're trying to add some more pieces around him to make it where he can compete with these upper echelon teams in the West. So in my opinion, like when you stack it up, <laughs> that's about the easiest road you could have gotten out of the West, eh, realistically, not only heading into this season, but then they're just going forward. And I don't see that happening going forward. Like I don't just see, I see the Clippers getting better with Kawhi Leonard coming back and being a favorite to come out of the West. I see the Lakers getting better depending on what they do. And I see some as much as I don't like Jokic, the Denver Nuggets being a consistent threat. I have no faith in the Jazz. I think they're about to blow it up. So this consistent Utah Jazz in the playoffs, I don't see that. But I do see the Mavericks being consistent in the playoffs. So you're going to have some consistent playoff teams with some other playoff teams that are vying to get those spots. New Orleans Pelicans, Spurs are always there, teams that we've talked about in the West. So it is just not like, oh, all right, yeah, Warriors, yep, they're going to they're gonna be back in the finals next year. I just don't see that as much as I like their young wow. talent. And I don't, all I need to say I here is that I owe some love to Steph Curry. Um, because I do think what Steph Curry did, which was th- that 43-10. and 10, uh, I know he had that bad game where he didn't make threes. But it j- those first two games, I mean, he was walking 35 in this series. He was a walking 35 in this series. Um, made a lot of big shots, especially in, in the closeout game. Had a couple big threes. Um, really showed up for what is obviously a, a lacking Clay, even though Clay's still got some game, and a lacking Dre, which obviously those guys aren't the same. So if you're telling me the Warriors are winning another championship, then you're telling me that you're going to have to rely on these young guys that you tell me we don't know anything about yet. I like them, but I, I, we don't know anything about them in terms of NBA talent. And then Steph Curry shooting the lights out, which, you know, I don't really – have much faith in as much as he was able to get it done this season. So, <laughs> to be honest, this this could be the last one for the Warriors, even though everyone's out here talking the dynasty mode. And I get it. They they were when they were in six championships in eight years and won four. So, yeah, pretty incredible stuff. Um, obviously, dynasty mode. I think there's only five other teams to do this. Um, the '50s Celtics, the '70s Lakers, the '80s Lakers, and the '90s Bulls. Now you're talking Golden State Warriors of this time in the LeBron area, in this era where I think uh, is the most talented and skilled NBA players we've ever seen. So, yeah, it's definitely impressive. Um, you know, Draymond Green, I told him he had to play better to have his podcast. He's going to have that shit ripping for sure. <laughs> we have to. We can't start with sweeping generalizations like, are they going to win another title? Because then the segment's just too easy. The, answer's, the, answer's, the smart answer is going to be like, no, they're not going to win the title next year. So it's like... Yeah, but like that. Okay, yeah, but like that's 
that's the shit that's funny because I asked you these questions before and we said no and they just won another NBA title, Rich. But the odds, the odds, if we just start something off and go, are they going to win the title next year? The odds are going to be no. Like, yeah, they did. But for every other team we could have done that with, the answer is no. It doesn't even have to be next year. It's just more, do you see the Warriors winning another title? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think so much of that's going to depend on the ascension of Kaminga, Moody. I don't have much faith in Wiseman doing a whole lot, but we'll see, we'll see where that thing goes. But you said it at the beginning there. Like, there's so many good teams coming into next year, East and West. I I think maybe I'm wrong. I was wrong this year because Middleton got hurt. I think the Bucks are pretty far and away the best team in the league when you're looking at, like, playoff rosters. Now, that's assuming Holiday doesn't just take a step back. That's assuming no injuries. So, a lot, a lot can happen. But, yeah, just going down the West, Clippers are going to be a problem. Pelicans, I think, are going to be one of the most overlooked teams. Um in this offseason just because how hot they finished last year they're going to bring most of their guys back Herb Jones is incredible they got CJ Ingram and they're probably bringing Zion back like not that I think the Pelicans are going to win the finals next year but I think they're going to be a problem like the team that could contend for you know maybe even a top four seed in the West next next year so I think the West is going to be pretty stacked and a lot of the Warriors top guys is well top guys historically Steph Draymond and Clay are over the hill on the side of 30. I don't think Steph's dropping off anytime soon, but we had questions about Clay and Draymond during these playoffs. Like, hey, is their best lineups? Like, maybe not always with these guys out there. And hey, that proved to be wrong. They were out there. They won the championship. But like, those guys looked very mortal in the playoffs this year and not like their formal all NBA selves all the time. And they're just going to be another year older. Maybe it's another uh, season of getting back into form for Clay. We'll see. I'm not going to pick the Warriors as a favorite for anything like that. If I had to do, like, it's it's really tough looking down the West. Like, if I had to pick a favorite next year for the West, I'd probably pick the Clippers. Again, that's assuming health. That would probably be my favorite right now. If I was do, I don't have the betting odds up in front of me, but I know I'll be placing some bets on the Nuggets. Not that I even think they're going to win the championship, per se, but just I saw them in the odds, and they're like... <laughs> 10th, 11th, 12th on there. You got Jesus Michael Porter Jr. Murray coming back. I think that's a team with good odds. I don't think they're going to win. I think <clears throat> four other teams. How much? How much money did you lose on these finals? I barely bet on the finals. I put. I had like a fifty dollar bet on the Celtics winning, going like back to the. I put that in like before they beat the Heat. But I barely bet on the finals to be honest. I've just been doing a lot of DraftKings lineups. The spreads. And, I do a lot of player props, and the props get so... When there's only one game, it's hard to find multiple props you like. During the regular season, I can find a lot of props I like, but when it's one game, it's just like... I was just looking at stuff, and I was like, I guess I could put a bet in. Like, I'd put one in here and there, but, like, I didn't... I wasn't seeing stuff I liked, like, during the regular season. I'm like, oh, I think that's a good line. I keep telling Shu, man, if you bet on... If you just bet on the Yankees and Mets, and you could I mean, you're going to not win every time, but you're going to win most of the time with how these teams have been playing... Just like if you bet on the Angels' 14-game losing streak. Um, yeah, like, I don't watch most baseball, but, like, it's kind of fun just throwing a few bets in on the baseball. That's what I've been doing, betting a little on the hockey. I once won some of the money betting on the finals, trying to amp that up. But, uh, yeah, definitely tough times out here betting with no NBA and no NFL, obviously, for a few weeks. I don't even think you can bet on the USFL, but they got their playoffs going on. And then I was betting on the golf this weekend. Didn't win, but... Cool win for Matthew Matthew Fitzpatrick, um, and then obviously the Live Series is still cranking off. As I saw Brooks Kepka's joining that today, so um, very interesting stuff in the golf. Uh, 
I did want to ask you about, uh, I did want to ask you about, uh, some stuff with the, I've been hearing about, uh, obviously with the championship, uh, wrapping up <clears throat> and then I had a few, and then I had a few off season thoughts that I wanted to touch on before you had to go. So what's good? Before we dive into anything, I'm just going to say real quick, you touched on in the beginning, the Christian Wood trade. I yep. thought that's a, I think it's interesting in a few regards. I don't think it's a home run or a bad trade for either side. I think it's just like really? a trade for you were the no, You were so high on Christian Wood, and now he goes to the Mavs, and now it's not a good trade. This is like how I feel about you with fucking Celtics picks. Like, you, you pick the Celtics to win the finals, they lose, and you're like, dude, you are overreacting. Can I say, <laughs> can I even, like, get a point out before you freak out and respond? I don't think it was a home run or a bad trade for either team. My only reason I don't love it for the Mavs, and I do think it's a good trade. Like, they gave up the 20. 20- six pick and guys who aren't going to play for Christian Wood. Yep. That on paper is a great move for next year. None of this, all of those things put together would not equal Christian Wood's value for next year. Hold on. Can I just read off the logistics of the trade? Can I please just read off the logistics of the trade? Please. It's Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, um, Boban, Marjanovic, and the 26 pick. And Marquise Chris. And Marquise Chris. For Christian Wood. And you're telling me that this is a fair trade for both teams. I haven't even gotten to the point. Hold on. Okay, get to the point then. Get to the fucking point. The trade for for the Mavericks is because it kind of takes all their off-season moves off the table. Like now, all of their salaries tied up. Their only other move they could do is going to be a sign-in trade for Jalen Brunson. Aside from uh, doing um, like vet minimum signings. So, like, this is their big move. That's the only reason I don't like it. They put all their chips in early on. Now, it's great value. Like, it's – they're going to be better than they were this year, next year. So, like, they got better. I'm not saying it's a bad trade for the Mavericks. My only thing I don't like is I think we all consider the Mavericks, like, oh, my God, they could be, like, one piece of Luka help away from, like, potentially being championship contenders. I love Luka. I think they're potentially, like, one Luka help piece away from being contenders. So, the only reason I don't love this trade – is I like Christian Wood, but I don't think Christian Wood is that second piece as a big who doesn't really play defense. He's great on the offensive end. Going to be a huge upgrade over Dwight Powell. Huge upgrade over Dwight Powell. I just kind of was hoping they could make a little bit of a bigger splash this offseason. And the only way they can do that now is the Max uh, is the um, Jalen Brunson sign-in trade. If you're saying who won the trade and you're making me pick one side, the Mavs got the better end of the trade. I'm not trying to say it was a bad trade at all. The only reason I think it's defensible for the Rockets, because those aren't great players back, is Christian Wood has one year left on his contract. The Rockets clearly didn't want to re-sign him. I think the reason the Mavs got him for so little, I don't know if the Mavs are sure they're going to re-sign him. This is going to be a one-year test run, and then they'll see if they want to re-sign him. They didn't give up too much to get him. And I think the Rockets want to move forward with Whoever they draft, I'm guessing Pablo Banchero and Sangoon is their front court, who is their big, who didn't play a whole bunch, but was good last year. Yes. If they wanted Christian Wood out, good get for the Mavericks. Though. Yes. I understand that the Rockets are looking to go young. They're going to have a high pick in this year's draft. They got Jalen Green, and they got the guy Sagoon. They got these young pieces they're looking to go with with their young coach and whatever. So, yeah, that's fine. But in, in aspect of – that's fair. If you think that's good for the Rockets, that's good. I mean, they lost James Harden, and it's going to fucking spiral them out of control for probably the next five, ten years. We've already talked about that. Um, and things well. have not gone well, really, in my opinion. They really haven't. I mean, they, they have these picks, and we'll see. Um, but if you go and look at those top three guys, Paolo Bear and Chero, as much as he's probably going to be good, 
is the least of those top three. So in reality, it's kind of how I kept feeling about the Thunder. Like, damn, we kept being up in here, but we're getting the worst guy out of these crop of guys. So yeah, I like Jalen Green and I like what the Rockets are doing. Obviously trying to build up their young, their young talent. But to me, that doesn't really have you going anywhere when we're talking about this talent in the NBA in terms of team talent, uh, particularly out West where the Rockets oh, are as well. So Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr., they've been rumored to try and get off of because they just weren't good fits with the team. Fine, that's fine, because they're probably trying to win a lot more than the Rockets are. And my point is, Christian Wood, I think, is a winner. And I think that's a really good piece for the Dallas Mavericks to have in terms of, you talk about the offense with Dwight Powell and shit, and you say uh, Christian Wood can't play any defense, I disagree with that completely. I think Christian Wood's a great rim defender, and I also believe that there's an interesting... Yeah, and I think there's an interesting... Hold on. I think there's an interesting piece out west that a lot of people are leaving out, and I think uh, the fact that you kind of rumbled into this um, and have to bring this up. I've been seeing a lot of the Suns not bringing back DeAndre Ayton um, and where he could potentially land, um, obviously, if he's not back with the Suns. It's not like he ain't going to be in the league. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're going to tell me Christian Wood is not a good defender, yeah, he's not He's not Rudy Gobert, bro, but I, I think he's... I think he's a good enough defender where he can play in the post. Say they bring in a guy like DeAndre Ayton, the Dallas Mavericks, and you pair that with Christian Wood and Luka. Are you t- oh, that's what? They would never you're not gonna play DeAndre Ayton and Christian Wood next to each other. They're no like DeAndre Ayton's out of the question. They can't even get DeAndre Ayton now. He's out of the question. They, that's what I'm saying. That's why I didn't like this move. They made their move. Their only other move they can make contract wise is to sign in for a Jalen Brunson. Aiton's out of the question. Yeah, but dude, the NBA works so differently where it's like you just pay these luxury tax, bro. You just pay it. Like, do you see what the Warriors have done? You see what some of these people have done as you pay the Warriors. That's not how it works. You can only pay the luxury tax to go over the cap to sign guys who you have their bird rights, which are guys who are already on your team or were drafted to your team. You can't do that to sign a free agent from elsewhere. You can't be like, hey, I'm going to go into the luxury tax to sign Kevin Durant or DeAndre Ayton. The Phoenix Suns can go way into the luxury tax to sign DeAndre Ayton. It doesn't matter how much they pay him because they have his bird rights. The the Mavs are capped out. They can't do anything. They decide to throw a huge bag at Jalen Brunson or sign and trade Jalen Brunson. This is their roster. So that's the only reason I didn't love it. Like I think it's a great trade on paper looking at the return. But if you had told me I could have gotten DeAndre Ayton, give me DeAndre Ayton. Again, I don't think it's a bad trade. I don't think it's a bad trade for them. I think so where do you think DeAndre Aid's going then? Some scrum team? Like what? What's the deal? I don't know. I think I this is a big mistake for the Suns as well, honestly. Because like, if you're acting like the Suns are just gonna make it on back without DeAndre, and I don't really see that as much as he's been disappointing for them. If you're the Suns and you're, it has. If you're getting rid of DeAndre, and it has to be a sign trade. You cannot just let him walk away for nothing. That would be embarrassing. So they would have to sign and trade him. And you better be getting, oftentimes when you sign and trade, you're not getting the value of that player. If you trade DeAndre Ayton, you get way more than if you sign and trade. If you're doing a sign and trade, you don't have leverage. The other team's like, dude, we're taking him from you because he doesn't want to play for you. I'm not giving you exactly what he's worth. I'll give you shit back for it. So, like, I don't know if this is what's going to happen, but, like, maybe a decent sign and trade for them to me would be you'd have to be bringing a good big pack for Chris Paul to play with and another piece, like, they could do a sign and trade with like the Portland Trailblazers and be like, hey, give us Yusuf Nurkic and give us like Josh Hart or something like that. I'd probably rather just keep Aiden, but that's probably what they're looking at if they trade. Like, hey, we need another big back plus another guy who could contribute to our rotation right now. 
I'd rather keep Aiden, but I don't know if he wants to play there for Sarver. I don't know where the contract stuff stands. That's going to be an interesting one. You can tell me he's on the Pistons next year. You can tell me he's on the Blazers. You can tell me he's on the Suns. I, I truly have no idea. Um, yeah, I I don't think he's going to be on the Suns because a lot of stuff I've been seeing is they're moving off him. It's leaning um, towards no, but it's like the, so, I'm sure you've seen some of the Kyrie stuff. It's like even despite all the Kyrie stuff going on, I'd still predict Kyrie to be on the Nets next year. I'd still predict Aiden to be on the Suns. One of those, if not both, is probably wrong, but I think they're the safer landing spots. <laughs> I, I... I think be- everyone's real weird because I just don't even know who would trade for Kyrie and be like, yes, we will give you pieces for this man who we don't know if he wants to play here and we don't know if he will play here. Uh, yeah. Um, I think, well, here's the thing that I think is very interesting about Kyrie. Like, they say Kyrie has no leverage. Like, I think Kyrie has a good amount of leverage um, considering the fact, like, he's still a top player in this league. Like, regardless of how you're going to say about you know, his antics and his off the, the court problems and, you know, everything else that he's had to deal with over the past few seasons. Like, the dude's a baller. Like, they go – I know the Knicks are talking – like, if he went to the Knicks, bro, if he went to the Knicks, that'd be that'd be dumb. Like, I think that'd be a dumbass move for the Knicks. I think that'd be a dumbass move for Kyrie. But what I personally think is it would not be crazy if he went to the Lakers or Clippers. And I saw those were the other two teams that are, are emerged as potential suitors. I think that'd be great moves for both of those teams. The Lakers need him. Uh, yeah, so at this point, like, I, I think he's going to get moved. I honestly think Kyrie is going to get moved. I think Brooklyn's fed up with Kyrie. I, is the vaccine shit going to change in New York? I don't think so. So, like, we just we just seem to sweep that under the rug all the time, considering just COVID's ending. All I'm tra- I don't know, dude. I don't know. I have no idea. It played in the playoff games. It did change. Yeah. played in the Brooklyn playoff games. Right? Yeah, but I'm saying, is it going to change back? Like, they changed it to, yeah. Like, like what is the deal? Like, you don't know. I don't disagree with any of that. Just one question for you. So, it's who... I think the Lakers are better with him on their roster. I think the Clippers are better. I think the Clippers, the I think it'd be Clippers would be unreal, but I, I get him going to the Lakers more because of LeBron. Okay, you're the Brooklyn Nets, and you have to, You this has to be a trade. They, 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 neither of those teams can outright sign Kyrie. Yeah, I know. I saw a couple of these trades. So let me, let me, let me propose the one trade to you that I saw that is, to me, the most realistic. What? Okay, I guess you go first because it's the same question. I was going to say, like, the Nets aren't just taking Russell Westbrook back for Kyrie Irving. Oh, no, I saw the trades that I – I saw a couple of the trades. Um, The ones with the Knicks, I I pretty much X those out because I'm like, that's not even realistic. Um, I don't think so. I saw a couple that the Clippers would would potentially have to offer. And, like, if you're the Nets, like, you got to be sitting there saying, like, nah, dude, like, we ain't taking that for Kyrie. So, like – in my opinion, the Lakers are the only team that have enough firepower to get Kyrie. In terms of, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I saw. I saw this trade. I saw this trade. And I, Katie's going to have to sign off on this. But this would be super interesting to me. I don't know. This is where I think the Nets would instantly get better than the Lakers. So I don't even know if the Lakers would want to do this. But if you trade Anthony Davis and Russ... You trade Anthony Davis and Russ, and you get back Kyrie and Ben Simmons. You get back Kyrie and Ben Simmons. You would basically have, 
you'd basically have Russ obviously joining up with KD. You would have AD and KD, which would be a really dominant two, obviously two-way big man, uh, elite combination down low with Russ as the point guard, which I think would be pretty sick. I think that'd be pretty sick, and I think it has Russ a chance to show he still has something left. And LeBron would obviously then have to be. I don't even know. I don't even know if LeBron would be able LeBron, to be. <laughs> hold on, hold on. LeBron <laughs> ever won a ring with Kyrie and Ben Simmons coming off of Kyrie and Ben Simmons are coming off of. Consider we will just mark this down as the greatest basketball player, the greatest therapist who ever lived, the greatest everything. Like this man just took Ben Simmons and Kyrie, who no one else could get on the court, and he's gonna play with them now. Like if I were LeBron and I was looking at that trade, I'd be like, yo. I can take one of those two. Please do not give me Ben Simmons and Kyrie as my main two. Like, I don't know about this. Also, I don't know if Ben Simmons is the best guy to play um, with LeBron. All three of those guys need the ball in their hands. Like, look, that's... that's Listen, bro. I honestly think... Well, Ben Simmons and LeBron have a relationship. Obviously, there's a relationship with Kyrie Irving. He's just not. Anthony Davis isn't getting traded. There's no way. He's a clutch guy. Clutch runs the Lakers right now. Anthony Davis isn't getting traded. There's there's just no way. I I don't think that's like... The Russell Westbrook parts just makes it hard. I don't think the net. I think you have to have a third team involved. If it's a Russell Westbrook going somewhere else and Kyrie going to the Lakers, and there would have to be a third team involved because Kyrie and Durant are good friends. Like despite all of this, Durant has not come out and said anything against Kyrie. I'd imagine he's annoyed that they haven't figured out a way to get Kyrie signed yet for the Nets. I'd imagine he's annoyed the Nets won't give him what he wants granted i wouldn't give him what he wants either i'm not giving Kyrie five years guaranteed money when he can't even show up and play for me last year so i get it i just don't think i think it's easy to look at these trades from our side of things and be like okay that's a cool one but at the end of the day i think if kevin durant loses Kyrie irving and is sitting back with like i don't even mean this is a knock on westbrook like westbrook coming off a tough season if you're taking durant's boy away and like he's back with russ i think he's kind of like nah, nah 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 this isn't fucking happening like I don't think that's what he wants. It's not a knock on Russ. It's just like they did that already when they both were better. Now they're both not as good. I don't think they're trying to do it again. Like I would be like, no, that's not what I'm doing right now. So like it's, I think a Kyrie Russ trade in some way is the most exciting, realistic move for Kyrie. I just think Russ would be going to a third team and I don't think he'd be going to the Nets. I think if the Nets trade Kyrie, I'm not sure Kevin Durant wants to be there. And the number one thing you need to make sure of is that Kevin Durant's happy. So the Nets are in a fucked up position right now. I don't even know what the right thing for the Nets to do is. I know the wrong thing for the Knicks to do is to sign Kyrie Irving, and I pray they do not do that. Even if it's a, even if it's signing him and he opts out of his contract, hits free agency, and they just sign him, I would still be annoyed even if they had to give away nothing because it's just like, Yo, I don't. We don't need this, man. Like everything that's gonna come, everything that's gonna come with this. Just even to the ball coming out of the young guy's hands, just to like what, maybe make the playoffs. Like no, like just Knicks have been doing it right for a few years now. Despite last year being bad, despite them giving Julius Randle too much money, they've been doing like the internal growth, trying to get better with the guys they have. They have talented guys. I wish Julius Randle wasn't on the team, but like I don't think it's not the time for the Knicks to bring in Kyrie. If you had another star and it's like, hey, this could make us win a championship, fine. Kyrie's not pushing the Knicks anywhere in your championship level right now. Don't don't need it. Yeah. I do think it's interesting with the whole Kevin Durant and Kyrie are boys because as much as they're boys, like, I don't know. I don't think. Kevin Durant said he wants to play with it multiple times. He doubles down on it. Like, I think he wants to keep doing that. Yeah. I don't know. 
what's sad for me on all of this, we talked about it, is like, I don't, I don't want, never say never. I mean, you don't want to doubt the all-time greats, the Brady's, the LeBron's, but like, I don't see a clear path for LeBron winning a ring these next like two years on the Lakers, unless unless they pull off some wild trade where they have somewhat like different kind of roster on the team right now. It's just like. I don't know. They just have no good, like, role players, glue guys on the team. It's literally LeBron, Anthony Davis, and a big Russ contract right now. Like, I just don't see how the Lakers compete with some of these other teams that are getting so good. Like, even if Lakers somehow miraculously came out of the West and they found themselves staring across the, from, the, like, the Bucks, I'd be like, oh, my God, the Bucks are going to win in, like, four or five. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't see the path for the Lakers, which sucks because I want to see – with how good LeBron's playing and it being the end of his career, like I want to see him competing for rings. I don't want to see him on a team competing for the play-in. Yeah. It's almost annoying how much that there. feels like a slight to Russ. But, you know, honestly, <clears throat> it's – uh, Russ could do his thing elsewhere. It's just not the place for him next to LeBron. It's just not two good guys next to each other. Kyrie and Harden weren't two guys meant to play with each other. Like it's – some guys can play together. Some guys can't. Conflicting skill sets. I don't think Harden or excuse me, LeBron and Russ are the guys to be playing together. Russ could. I don't think it would be crazy if you told me right now Russ got traded to like ten teams in a league, and we're like Russ is going to be an All Star this year. I guarantee it. I'd be like, yeah, I, I, I can see that happening for sure. Like I don't, I don't think he's washed. He's just on a team where his. If you give him the ball, the team's not at its best form because LeBron doesn't have the ball. That's not his fault. You you give anyone the ball over the ball over LeBron besides like well, Steph Curry or some other guys like you're making a bad decision. All right, couple yeah. couple uh couple questions for you. Um, so with the latest victory, I've been hearing a lot of where's Steph Curry ranked all time. Um, obviously, still more to be written out both ways, but you know where where's Steph Curry at right now? Like, is he top ten? Like, a lot of people got him right around top ten, creeping in the top ten. Where's Steph Curry at right now for you? Like, is he right around top ten? Is he in the top ten? Do you not even know? Like, what is good with with Steph Curry? By the way, who's coming up? Go ahead. The tough part about these debates is like you and uh, unless you're you know. 40, 45, kind of like that age. Like, you you didn't really, or even older than that in some cases, you didn't see all these guys that were debating between play. So, like, I'm lying to someone if I'm like, oh, the, you know, Steph is so much better than Hakeem, and here's to watch. Like, I didn't, I, I've seen Hakeem highlights, I've seen some games, but, like, I didn't watch a game like that. That being said, if you're asking me, and obviously this is bias, every person could do their own, their own ranking, the pretty consensus top three at this point is Kareem, LeBron, MJ. They're kind of in their own category at the top three right now. Some people put Bill Russell in there if you're really valuing rings. I would put those three up there. And then you usually tap into the Bill Russell, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Larry Bird. And a lot of times there's a cutoff there. That's top seven right there. And then it's when you get into Shaq, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Hakeem, yep. Oscar Robinson, Durant, Steph, Jerry West. Out of all those guys I named, I have to put Steph above KD right now. It's a lot of stuff still left to be written, but best shooter of all time. He's every ring, every ring KD's won. Steph's been on the team, plus Steph's won two more. I 
have to put him above KD. Oscar Robinson, it's not a fair reason, but it was so long ago. I'm just, I'm not putting guys that were point guards that long ago when we've seen how much the skill of the game has developed since then. Like, I'm not putting him over Steph Curry. Like, it's kind of unfair, but I know if him and Steph Curry were on the same court, Steph Curry would blow him away. Oscar Robinson had some great stats, but 100% going uh, Steph Curry there. Hakeem's a tough one, but with Steph's, and he did have, I believe it was two rings in a row when Jordan was out of the league there. So Hakeem's a real tough one, one of the most dominant big men ever. I'm still probably putting Steph above him. And where you're really now at right now, I wish I had like this in front of me on a list, is I'm basically deciding on the 9, 10, or excuse me, 8, 9, 10, 11 spot between Shaq, Tim Duncan, Kobe, and Steph. I think I'd put Steph above Shaq just because of, at this point, the longevity of his career. Like, Shaq's career really wasn't going too much, like, at its peak too much more after the Miami Heat ring in, in like, what, 05, 06. So, like, he had a 10-year run where he was extremely dominant. Steph's going, looks like he's going to be stretching that run a lot further, a lot further. And again, I think it's a weak thing to fall back on, but yeah. you're the best all time at something. Yeah, Steph Curry is. I think it's going to prop you up. So I think he's top ten. It really just—I don't know where to put him. With couple thoughts. Him. Couple thoughts. Couple thoughts. I saw this uh, post from the tag is depressed Thunder fan. Steph Curry this season, he broke the all-time three-point record. We covered that. He was first ever player to make three thousand threes. First ever Western Conference Finals MVP, which we got into a little bit of smoke with that. They did end up adding awards to the NBA uh, playoffs, though. So I guess they've been listening to the Seggy Station. NBA champion, it's his fourth, and he got his Finals MVP that everyone was talking about. But what I find really interesting about this conversation that I just asked you about, and I think you did a really good job of laying it out, because a lot of the stuff that I watch, it's basically all that. So props to you, um, being able to do the off the dome. Do you know? Did you know Steph Curry is ranked 47th? all-time in points you know he's ranked like 56th all-time in assists now to me that is astonishing when i heard that i had to go check i had to go check into that so steph curry is ranked not even top 40 all-time in points and he's 10,000 plus away from even getting close to the top 25 a lot of these strength and numbers rings mvps these awards a lot of this stuff, yes, we see with our eyes. And I'll tell you, a lot of these stuff that I saw with my eyes when Warriors won two rings was Kevin Durant being the best player on the team. So as much as we can maybe not put Kevin Durant ahead of Steph Curry because he has less rings, uh, Kevin Durant has more points than Steph Curry all time. Um, so basically, um, all I'm trying to say is when you think about, I think you have to add so much more into this conversation than just these, like I said, ring count, MVPs. He's the only unanimous MVP, but I really don't take that into account either because I don't take into account the one dude that didn't vote for LeBron James in 2013 because he's being a fucking douchebag uh, or uh, the one dude that didn't uh, vote for uh, whoever in, in 2011, Dirk or whatever. Like, bro, I, to me, unanimous MVP is because that one guy, not like whatever. Like, I don't really take that into account. So it is interesting to me that he's he's got these accolades, he's got these rings, um, he's done it with some incredible culture, with some teammates, and obviously Steve Kerr, who I wanted to ask you about, where he ranks all time, now getting his ninth ring, fifth as a player, four as a coach, where is this dude at all time? I mean, is he just riding the coattails of Steph Curry like he says? Oh, I just think 
thank the Lord that I have Steph Curry. Like, is that the only reason this dude is winning rings? I tend to not think so. I tend to think this dude played enough basketball, been in enough final situations where he's able to draw up some of these X's and O's, make some of these adjustments, and have this continued success. So I think he's up there all time. Um, Steph Curry, interestingly enough, I think is floating right below top 10 for me still, even with this ring. I still wouldn't put him in the top 10. I think it might take one more. Um, I do think he definitely enhanced his legacy, probably over Kevin Durant's, which I talked about. They're kind of right there, in my opinion. Um, and, and it's tough to not feel like Kevin Durant slid back and Steph Curry went up. Um, it's interesting to me with these guys like Draymond and Clay. So, you know, it, how much credit do you give those guys as well? I know Dre, I know Steph was the main catalyst for this championship. But when I go look back at some of these other runs, you know, I look at some of these game six clay. I look at Draymond averaging 12, 12, and 12. You know, so to me, uh, it's 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 not like Steph Curry is just because of this ring vaulted in the top 10. I've seen a lot of people saying that. I've seen a lot of people saying this dude's up there, you know, as the top all-time player. He's not even 47th all-time in points, and he's a primary scorer in this league. So to me... So to me, I'm like, all right, let's chill out with Steph Curry just because he got a ring. If you're not going to tell me to overreact about the Celtics never making it back, let's not overreact about Steph Curry being all-timer just because he won another ring. Yeah, so the only thing that I really disagree with there is, like, the counting stats number and him not being at the top all-time. Steph Curry did was three or four years of college. He came into the league three years later than Durant and three years older. So his stats are going to be behind Durant. Durant's had three more years in the league. Durant's top stats are probably always going to be higher because he started it off. Bro, it don't even have to necessarily be up to Durant. How the hell is he 47th? How is he that low? Because he came three years later in the league, you're telling me? Hold on. No, the main reason he's that low is because for his first few years in the league, he was not a number one option. He was behind Monte Ellis, behind David Lee on the Warriors. He did not come in as like a... This is the star who we're building, building yep. the team around until it became clear later. Yep. He had injuries his first few years of his career, and he came in later in his career because he did a few more years at college. So, like his overall counting stats will never be as impressive. And I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say that Durant's above Steph all the time. I just think it hurts Durant right now that it would really help Durant to get another title that Steph's not involved with. Because I think most of us agree on paper, take all the accolades away, like however you want to say it, like we're picking teams and pick up in the park, Durant's probably above Steph Curry in that. So, like, yes, on the skill set level, he is. I think he just needs that to translate to wins without Steph Curry there for, like, the general public to kind of agree on that. Right now, just to go back to the initial question, I think I'd probably have Steph 11th behind Kobe and Duncan, but I'd probably have to dive in more and look at the three of those all, all together right there. He could very well be above one of them. To me. Yeah. Um a total agreement on all of that. Most finals wins, all NBA trio the last 50 seasons. You got Clay Curry and Draymond with 19. That ties Duncan Parker and Ginobili with 19. Um, Steve Kerr, I saw, as I mentioned, he's got his, what is his fourth as a, as a coach. Um, and his oh, post, his yeah. postseason record, the Warriors have a 22 and two playoff series record under Steve Kerr, the highest winning percentage by a coach in NBA history, minimum a hundred games. I'm just trying to figure out like, what's good with Steve Kerr? Like, is this a fluke because he's got these guys or is he a legitimate coach? Like, could he go off elsewhere and coach, um, and be oh, successful? He could for sure. He could for sure go off elsewhere and coach and be very successful. I think he's proved himself as a coach at this point. I think the bigger question is like, 
and there's again, there's just no way to know. Like, is Steve Kerr the best coach in the league? It's hard to argue against it with his success. If it's me and I'm like drafting my team from scratch, and I like, who do you want to be your coach? Probably pick an Eric Spolstra over Steve Kerr. But again, it's a tough thing to argue because Steve Kerr's. It's what do you value? Do you value taking what your team has and achieving the overall goal of winning a championship? Or do you value looking at a team and saying, hey, I think you're making the sum of these parts greater than they would otherwise be? So, like, and to be fair to Steve Kerr, everyone's going to look at the Warriors rosters and always be like, well, anyone could be the coach and they'd probably win. This year, I don't think that was true. I think Steve Kerr kind of pushed the buttons very well on that team. Part of that's from being a good coach, part of that's from he knows these guys really well. Like, it's a when he pulled Draymond in the fourth quarter of game four or five, it wasn't game six, but of game four or five, that's a risky move. Like, you have to be a coach with some like cachet to pull that off. Like, to have Draymond, like, I, the announcers commented on it. Like, Draymond Green looked at Steve Kerr basically being like, This isn't when I normally come out. And it's kind of like, uh, Yeah, dude, you're stuck in right now. We need someone else out there, which is superstars you don't normally experience except for in the finals. But he played offense, defense, got him back in there the next play. He was good to go for the next game. He pulled Clay at times when he wasn't doing well. Things coaches, it doesn't Yeah, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. But I think Draymond deserves a lot of credit too because he did he did start playing a little better towards the back end of that series. I mean, game four and game five, I, I mean, I said it to you. I'm like, damn, this dude's got to be playing better if he's going to be out here talking on this podcast. And he started playing better. He did. And I hear all this smoke now, and you've, you've uh, said it a bunch too, like – this is more the mainstream thing, I think, where you're seeing retired players, not only in just the NBA, but all sports really getting into the media and having a voice and even not necessarily having to do that and still being able to have a voice. I see dudes video gaming on Twitch talking about uh, some of the stuff we talk about here on the same spot we're doing it at. So to me, like that's that's part of what this is like the mainstream thing for these guys. And I thought I thought it was just interesting to see how things kind of shook out, shook out for him with how the things were going in that series and then how things finished up in that series. He did turn around his play. He really did. He deserves he deserves certainly some credit for that. Um, yeah. Absolutely does. Did you see the guy that went in as fake Clay and lost yeah. his $10,000 seats and got banned for life? Yeah. But he said he got to be an NBA player for 10 minutes, so he was pumped? Um, that's... Oh, wow stupid that is so dumb looks like he has like a youtube page or he's some sort of content creator so i'm sure he was just doing it to get the i guess that's what i have to do to get more people checking out the pod huh break into an nba game and get banned for life Draymond green was the first player to fall out three times in a single final since 2000 though uh dale davis so he was struggling um those first three games um I know you got to go soon, but I saw this. The ratings were up from the last two years, uh, NBA Finals. But uh, the 2022 NBA Finals still have some of the worst ratings in the last 20 years. Is that is that uh, interesting to you or what? I don't think it's going to change. Like, so many people watch on streaming services now and, like, illegal streaming services as well. Like, I don't really expect that to change. And the other problem, it's a blessing and the curse of the NBA. The NBA, more so than any other sport, has made it easy to consume their product without watching the games like there are many 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 people who consider themselves nba fans and even pretty like big nba fans 
that don't watch the games all that often because it's so easy to catch up on what happened through a lot of the NBA storylines more so than football and baseball is like basically like drama and stuff like that. Woj and Sam's news stories. It's so easy to catch up through Instagram highlights, through YouTube highlights, through Sports Center the next day, through talk shows, through debate shows. A lot of people find that more interesting when watching the game. Yeah, that's crazy to me though. <laughs> it is crazy to me too. These people are out here talking about the game, not even watching the game. That's that's where I think no, things have gotten out of control. Saying, yeah, no, you're right. I'm not. That's exactly why Twitter is tough to look at at times. Like comment sections, it's tough to gauge things from there. Like I've, that's why I've tried to find like some podcasts and stuff. I like where it's like, all right, these are some like people who I know are like level headed, have like real opinions. I know like watch the sport and watch it pretty in depth. Like that's who I want to get my information from. Not people just throwing around random opinions out there. And again, it's why the NBA is one of the most, probably the most popular social media league because they're really good at getting their fans engaged with them on social media. But the problem with that is you get fans engaging with you so much that they don't find viewing the games quite as important. So I don't expect this to change for the NBA. The NFL doesn't have the same social media brand, but at the same time it gets people tuning into their games more because that's the product that you're tuning into. Whereas the NBA, we're consuming the product all the time, even when the games aren't going because there's so much shit going around, highlights, news stories, drama, all that. Yeah, I mean, I was watching all the games, but I didn't think the I didn't think it was gonna be much of a series. Um, just crazy, man. Jason Tatum, he he was first in points, first in assists, and he had most turn, turn turnovers ever in a in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Ninety four turn. Yeah, he had ninety five <laughs> heading into the, like the final game. I think he had six more, so he passed a hundred. I think I just tried to find the stat. That's incredible to me. But I heard somewhere that Jason Tatum, I think this is true, had the most minutes ever played, even over LeBron in a few years, in a um, playoff run because they had multiple Game 7s in this playoff run. So, like, I know he's young. Part of me wonders if he just got, like, exhausted. But the concerning part to me was, like, there were times watching him in those last few games where I was like, damn, like, I think even if you were tired, like, I've seen guys be tired, like, you'd still be, like, being a little more assertive and, like, coming up short. Like, it just seemed like he straight up wasn't being assertive, and that was weird to me. Like, I can – if you're coming up assertive and your shots are falling short or shit's going wrong, it's like, damn, okay, he's gassed. He looks gassed, but at the same time, he didn't look like he was, like, fully engaged almost. I don't know. It looked weird. I watched a lot of the Celtics. It just didn't – wasn't the normal Jason Tatum. I, I don't really know. I don't think anyone knows what the reason was, but maybe he's just tired, but would have liked to see him be more assertive for sure. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, you got Jason Tatum as a superstar or a star because you know he's he averaged twenty three point point two, seven point six, and seven assists, uh, thirty seven, forty eight, and sixty six. Not great shooting percentage, obviously, but he's only the tenth player in NBA history to average twenty seven seven in a final series, and he's the youngest to do so. So if you're gonna take positives out of that, um. I still think with all that other stuff that came up with the turnovers and the, and the missed shots and the missed free throws, I mean, to me, it's that's where it's concerning. Um, I think he's in the tier below. I think superstars, to me, means I can put you on a team and feel like you're going to potentially allow this team to win a championship. So to me, that's Giannis, Luka, Steph, I guess. You can maybe throw Durant and LeBron in there, depending on where you stand. I don't know right now. Those are kind of catchy ones. But I think overall, those guys are in a tier above Tatum. And then he's probably in the tier with your 
Jimmy Butler's, your Embiid's, your Jokic's. You're like, hey, this is the second next year of guys. These guys are great, but I don't think those four guys that I just said, Embiid, Jokic, Tatum, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, maybe you could argue, but like, again, I don't think those are the guys where it's like, oh, put them on a team and they could win a championship this year. Like, they could easily be the best player, but they're not the Giannis and the Luka of like, hey, this guy can control everything. And I know some people, if this was like an open forum, would be like, what are you talking about? Like, in Embiid's had more playoff success than Luka. And it's also like, yeah, look, watch the games and tell me going into next year, would you, I love Embiid, but would you rather have Luka or Embiid be the best player on your roster? The answer is Luka. The answer is 100% Luka. So, yeah, that's just me. I think the guys who can create the offense and run the whole show are in a little bit of a tier of their own. I kind of thought Tatum was nearing that after that net series, especially with the defense he was playing. So, We'll see. Almost a lot of the Tatum judgment is going to take until this time next year to really see, like, what happened in the playoffs last year. Was he tired? Is he better this year? Because, like, he can come out and average 35 for the first month of the season, and I'll still be like, yeah, but what the fuck happened in the playoffs last year? (laughs) Yeah. um, It's an interesting point. Uh yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have much faith in Jason Tatum. I definitely don't have him as a superstar. He's a star in this league, but I, I think, I think the Celtics really they blew this opportunity, man. I really do, and I would be stunned. I'd be stunned to see them having these opportunities like this come up again. My only reason that I'm not worried about Jason Tatum is what Jokic's been the MVP the last two years, and Embiid's been. Maybe the odds-on favorite to win the MVP, but the backup MVP the last two years. I think if you gave me a choice between those guys, Jimmy Butler and Tatum, and we're like, hey, you got to win a championship next year, who do you want? I could be dead wrong, but I think I'm taking Tatum. Like, I still think I'm taking Tatum over all four of those. Because, like, he's got the archetype of, like, who usually wins these finals MVPs, who's usually the best player on the team. Jimmy does, too, similar bodybuilding. He's not the shooter, like... It went wrong this year, but I still think Jason Tatum's a good bet to be a guy who can lead a team to a championship. I'm not saying next year, but I still I think, I guess I'm putting it this way. I think he will be in that superstar tier pretty definitely, like, cemented in it in the next three years. I don't think he's there right now. I do not think that's going to happen at all. I also think the type of dude where he's wearing Kobe Bryant sweatpants and putting up performances like that, that's just fucking flat-out disrespectful. And. You know, this is you know, it's how I was feeling about Devin Booker last year, and everyone was comparing him to Kobe Bryant. He couldn't even fucking, you know, he had a couple forty-point games in the finals, but he didn't win the finals. And people are more on that smoke with Jason Tatum. Uh, It's just incredibly, incredibly frustrating. I just, I think Tatum will be there when it's all said and done. In, I think he'll have a ring as the best player on the team, which I'm not. I wouldn't say that about many guys. I think that about Luca too. All right. About Tatum. I'm going to hold you to that, brother, because I think he might have just missed his one opportunity. We've seen this with teams before. Get there and never get back. Possibly, but I think him, Giannis, and Luka are the three best bets in the league of, like, this guy will win a title going forward as the best guy on this team. On On his team, I guess it doesn't have to be this team, but on his team, and I'd imagine he sticks around with the Celtics. When's the last time you went to Denny's? Um, probably the last time I went to like the Westbrook movie theater because it's at like the entrance of it. I don't know. I do gotta jump out of here in like thirty seconds. But why do you ask that? So you're not a big Denny's guy then? I, I guess not. No. Damn. I don't, I don't have anything against it. <laughs> I just haven't been in a really long time. All right, dude. You know what? 
it's t- times are tough right now. Take take Lisa to Denny's for dinner, and you'll be you'll be in <laughs> a good spot. Not even breakfast. You can get breakfast for dinner, bro. All right. All right. I'm telling you, she won't all be right, upset. Bro. All right, see you, dude. I gotta head out. Good talking. I'll catch up with you soon. Peace. Richie Dingbat. Try and run through a couple solos, t- touch on the golf. A few other thoughts that I had. I'll get out of here for the day. Be right back on the Seggy Station. Alright, I'm back. This should be interesting. You know, I haven't done solos in a while for what I feel like is a lot of different reasons. Um, I had to jot down some of the reasons. Um... But I mainly just need to touch on this real quick. Uh, you know, I see all these things where people are always trying to motivate people and, and get people off the bump. Um, you know, they say, oh, your mind is like a magnet, right? If you think good thoughts and always remain positive and optimistic, we get what we think. So you think positive, things will become more positive. Uh, you know, it's... A lot of this cliche stuff to me that I see. Um, you know, I see a lot of things. You wouldn't just you wouldn't just plant a seed and then start ripping it up when it's not growing in a couple days, right? I know slightly some stuff about gardening, right? So you should keep watering your seeds. You should have some of that patience. Stop overthinking. And I've realized a lot of the stuff that. I've been struggling with just overthinking and not having the patience and kind of wanting to rip up my plant and not water my seed and not necessarily give up, but just seeing things around me kind of overtake what I was trying to do. Um, I see multiple podcast streams, um, talked about Draymond's former players non-players um i think it's a problem that not necessarily people struggle with maybe they do um my girlfriend all the time worried about how many likes she gets on her instagram posts and a lot of people are like that like to me i'm not necessarily worried about (laughs) my likes um it's just more about people trying to check out the podcast and Trying to find ways to get that to come to fruition have been tough for me. Um, people have given me some advice. You know, maybe I'm not consistent enough with my content. Um, whatever it is. But I, I tend to think that I come, and I've always kind of come around here, and since I started doing my podcast, tried to explain some of the vulnerabilities of just an average, normal dude who has a you know, normal job and grinds for everything that he gets. Um, been through a lot of tragedy and a lot of sadness. And for because of that, I feel like it's given me this like negative kind of outlook on a lot of different things, um, including how I've been feeling about my podcast, where I just... You know, oh, I wish it was this. Or, oh, look, Draymond Green starts up a podcast and he's fourth in the rankings. It's like random things that 
I'm just like, damn, like, what am I doing wrong? Or what am I not doing to, to have more people checking out my podcast? Do I need to pay? Right. I started, I, you know, one of my buddies told me, oh, check out Fiverr and I'm checking into this shit. I'm like, this is a fucking scam, dog. Like, not only am I sketched out about some dude in Nigeria signing into my Instagram account, but it's like, that's not getting me really anything out of this besides me losing more money in a very tough time where yesterday I spent nearly a thousand dollars and it's like, I'm grateful enough to be able to just do that and drive my car and, and have a place to live. You know, I see things and hear stories and everyone always says, oh, it could be worse. And it's and yeah, those things are all true and reign true, but it doesn't take away any of the pain. And I guess in doing the podcast, I used to try and relieve the pain and distract myself and talk some sports. And and now I just have so much of that pain built up because of what I've seen in sports. And not seen in sports in terms of these people using these platforms that they have um, to talk about some of these issues and try and help the average folk. And it's just gotten so sad to me to see where things are everywhere. And it's really just brought me down overall. I've had just so much anxiety and so much, I want to talk so much sports and what the hell is important about sports when I have all these other lists of things that are going on that are definitely brought up in sports and people get mad about people all firing off in the comment session on Twitter like Rich is talking about and it's just like such a warped society man even a guy like Draymond Green out here fucking dropping F-bombs at the parade and fucking on his podcast and flicking off the fans and all kinds of shit it's like that's the type of that's the type of world we live in man those are the type of people that we admire um at least at least me you know i admire the athletes and the in these people with platforms that talk about sports and that's really just something i've always kind of been into you know some people are into other things when it comes to watching all kinds of stuff um but it's been really hard for me to uh, to tote that line. And I just, I made a list. I made a list of things that it's been over the past, really, three, four, five months since um, of where I've really taken back seats from the solo. And I just need to touch on this stuff real quick. Just for my own sanity. Because I had talked about COVID here on the podcast for so long. And I think COVID is the craziest thing now. Because it's so hard for me to think about life before COVID. To think about... I was laid off from my job. Millions of people were laid off and, and lost their jobs. And we had people, sports going on with nobody in the stands. We had restaurants closed and, and people wearing gloves and taking off their clothes i mean just to think of all the shit and now it is just like nothing is going on 
Because what, we're four or five shots deep? I still know people that don't have it. The vaccine, that is. And what what is the consequence of that? Literally nothing. Absolutely nothing. It just makes me... This is the number one thing that I have been talking about. It just makes me sick where it's like, that's how things were. And then it's like, well, they don't... I don't even know how you get to not being like that anymore. But maybe it'll come up again in the winter. Like it did this past winter. Where now all of a sudden it's mandatory to me, for me to wear a mask again. When I haven't been wearing a mask at all anywhere I go. Been doing more shit the past three, four months than I've done in my life in the past two, three years. COVID. And realistically, 241,000 people, kids, have lost a parent or a guardian, caretaker, since COVID has started. And to me, that's really raised my perspective of what I've been through. And it's hard for me to be like, well, damn, like, you know, I'm the, nah, man, there's all these kids out here have lost a parent. And, uh. You know, that was one of the hardest days of my life. Still will always be the hardest day of my life. For a long time, man. For a long time. I get sad all the time. Every day. Good days, bad days. Don't matter, really. You know, you lose a parent. And if you lose a parent at, like, such a young age like that, it's just so tragic to me. Uh, I even think about it for my brother. And you think about it for all these young kids, man. And then just the fact that they have to live their life, the rest of their life. A lot of it I look like feeling like me. That shit's just not good. That's just not good. And I think that's bad. And why I think we see a lot of things the way we are, they are right now. I saw the baby formula uh, shortage. Which I see now they're finally getting a little bit more of this formula for the babies around. But this, this is absolutely ridiculous to me. How in the world can you have... A situation where parents can't get ba- a baby formula for their babies in 2022 for long stretches of time. You know, when you got coming off of what I just said about all these people, kids losing their parents, you got single parents trying to take care of their kids and you can't even get baby formula. You're selling it on the black market. And to, to think athletes and, and people involved in sports don't have kids. It's just these people are so fucking blind and ignorant. It's like, what? And it's really just how I feel about talking to my tattoo guy who just had a baby and celebrated his first Father's Day. And saw my dad on Father's Day, spent some time with, you know, some friends. Uh, one of his, He's about to soon to be a father and... Just the scariest thing to me, man, bringing a kid into this this society, this world. To think about what it was like for me as a kid. And I know it doesn't change because the kids, they don't have any care in the world. And it's the best, best place to be. But you're still coming up into this realm of hate and vidriol and slander. Like Grant Hill described a lot of people talking about LeBron James. And it's just constantly, to me, getting wrapped in sports. Just like the war on Ukraine. Which, obviously, everyone's going to get all their information about at their own pace. Whatever it is. But it's impacted sports in plenty of ways. You got uh, Wimbledon and places that have these athletes from Russia 
banned from the events. And the NHL, I mean, you can't find, you can barely find an American player in the NHL. Talking about this with my brother the other day. My dad has a very good point. The NHL playoffs have been spectacular. I saw Tampa Bay get a win last night to basically save the series from going down 3-0 against the Avalanche, who are basically, what, 15-3 in these playoffs or something ridiculous. They've been incredible. Tampa Bay Lightning looking for a three-peat. Hopefully we get a good series out of it. I thought that we might have had a sweep for a second. And a lot of these players are from Russia, man. A lot of these players are from other countries. Most of the NHL is from other countries. Yes, there are slight few Americans here and there sprinkled across the NFL, but it's very few. And to think of all the questions and things they've had to go through, not only in their personal lives with what's going on over there, but the hate and vidrol from all the comments section and Twitter. It's all so fucked up to me, man. Elon Musk goes by his Twitter and tries to act like he's the man. And it's like, bro, you could have done something a little bit better (laughs) in terms of with your purchase, I don't know, it's just fucking crazy to me, I told this when I saw Raj, Raj come over, we played some golf, it's good to see him, I hadn't seen Raj like that two, three times in a week since high school, got to play some golf, really a good time, working on the game, chatting it up, he lives out in California, bro, I see a fucking California wildfire every day, I've seen floods and storms in Chicago dealing with record 100 degree heat. 170 million plus Americans uh, in route for a heat wave. And I don't know what the hell is going on in Connecticut because all of a sudden it's acting like it's fall or spring out here. We just lost summer. We went straight from winter to summer now into spring or fall apparently. I don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't even need the air conditioners anymore. But sometimes it's just scary to me, man. All this shit out there. You go out there, you see all this life, you see all this world, and you end up forgetting the fact that all this stuff is going on somewhere in someone's backyard. And their house is burning down or getting flooded. And it's like, where are they going to live? What are they going to do? They have to move during this time. It's like, what? How do people have this money? I barely have enough money to go get my cell phone that I want and pay for my car. I mean, are these people working 100 hours a week or they just getting paid hella more than me? I'll get into that at some point. I've seen a bunch of stuff on mental health for the youth. What a surprise. Right? Mental health gets wrapped into this whole thing. Dude, part of mental health being an issue is, like I said, a lot of these people losing their parents. It's pretty pretty easy to lose track of your, your mental health when you lose your number one caregiver. Provider for food. Provider for life. <laughs> Dentist appointment, all these things, man. The daily things that people just take for granted because their parents are doing it for them. And don't get me wrong. You know, I I would have to do plenty of stuff on my own if it wasn't for the things that happened to me. But it's just this constant forget, in my opinion, of the daily things that you see in the news cycle. I just saw it. Caleb Swanigan died at the age of 25. You know, you're not guaranteed anything. And I don't know what happened to him. But, you know, I've just seen so much... 
so much sadness, man, when it comes to how things are with youth. Not only with youth sports, just the general youth. And, and there's no surprise with how things how things are put out there today in today's world. Obviously, with all these mass shootings, man, it's it's been disgusting to say the least. You know, and, and I, it's the same shit where it's like, I couldn't, it was hard for me to even podcast the week of some of these shootings when I saw they're having the NBA game the same night of this dude that I'm watching on the news talking, crying on camera, where his nine-year-old daughter is like, never going to be able to see her or talk to her again. It's just disgusting to me, man. You know, because it's, it's, at the end of the day, for me, that's the one thing that kills me every single day. Is the fact that no matter what I do for the rest of my life, I will never be able to see or talk to my mom again. And that is one of the most, it's just sickening to me. It'll, I'll never be able to get over that. I'm lucky that I was able to meet somebody that can respect that and try and help me the best they can. Because it is just fucking terrible. I don't wish that upon anybody. You know, inflation is no joke. I tried to talk this a little bit with Chu last week, who finally came through. Much love to Chu for doing so, and Rich for coming through today. Because it's just been hard for me to not come through here and talk about some of this stuff that I see, man. And even with Chu, you know? Chu didn't have as much as I wanted him to have on the baseball. And I don't know, maybe Chu's changing up things too, and that's the thing. Everything as Chu was saying, things change, and everybody changes, and things change, and it is what it is. Um, but I, I just seen constant with, uh, the, it's just ridiculous. The price of everything is just crazy to me. And I don't understand how these people, the government or our parents or whoever expect us to be able, people my age, to be able to just get up off the ground from this and just keep you know, paying rent and fucking car payments and all the TV payments. It's like, what, bro? And shout out to all the people that I know that are out here fucking just doing that at the fullest. Having kids, buying houses. Very, very impressed. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not saving my money the way I should be. I have no fucking idea. I... It's, I've just lost it all when it comes to that. Um, but things, that's another thing, you know, things change for me when, you know, after what I saw happen to my mom and how she didn't get to spend any of the money that she worked for her whole life, you know, for me, I buy a lot of things. (laughs) I spend some money. So it's the yings and the yangs, man. Can't be going out and buying new phones and spending five hundred dollars on tats and everything else that I'm doing, you know, and be happy about it, and also be saving all the time. The fact that I'm still able to save and uh, do all that is these positives that I got to think of. I try to think on them more, but it's. 
it's tough when you put, get up $40 and you barely got a half tank of gas and you got to go buy food and it's $20 regardless of where you go. Um, and it's just crazy to see this economic anxiety for everybody that's at our level. And I don't know. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. That's basically another wild thought. Um, there's a couple more I had on the list. Equality. So I saw, and I mentioned this a few pods back, the U.S. national women's team is getting equal pay in terms of revenue shares and ticket sales and all that, um, considering they're the only bright spot of U.S. hockey in the past 20 years is the least they can do. Um, but just in general, trying to create more equality, not only in sports, but just in the daily process is something I've kind of always wanted to drive home when I've started up my podcast and I've seen more of that recently. So that's been a bright spot, even though you still see a lot of um, disagreement and disparity, obviously in the Twitter comment section, but more just in general, the daily conversation between people's opinions on women equality, LBGTQ, um, you know, the things that we've seen with Colin Kaepernick and his stance and recently now with Gabe Kapler not getting the same smoke, Jack Del Rio comments, um, Chargers owner, where the fuck, what's his name? Dean Spanos being sued. You know, it's constant not the type of equality we're looking for. Um, You know, then you got these, uh, yeah. Deshaun Watson, you know, sex scandals, Deshaun Watson. And these issues when it comes to these sports where it's like, what are we even talking about here? How is this dude even considered to be able to play a game this year with what they're calling 66 women for massages over a 17-month period with 24 civil suits currently? I mean, this is just getting out of control. That's part of today's world, apparently. If you have talent at that type of level, it don't really matter what you do or say. Because I hear stuff all the time where I just can't not believe they're allowed to say or do that. But it is what it is, man. Everyone's able to do that on the Twitter. Yeah, I saw, obviously, Matt Fitzpatrick. He became the first player and the only other player besides Jack Nicklaus to win a U.S. Amateur and a U.S. Open at the same venue, um, Country Club at Brookline. Matt Fitzpatrick, braces, chip and cross-handing, sponsored by Skechers and putting with the pin in, uh, wins the U.S. Open Championship. I think he was minus six. Um 
Will Zalator has fallen one short. This one hurts in particular pretty hard, but it's motivating. I've got to keep doing what I'm doing. I know I'm going to get one sooner or later. Kind of how I feel about golf in general. Um, just one of the hardest sports to be able to have the average person appreciate. Um, just playing in my tournaments this year, just kind of mediocre average to a point where I feel like it's motivating. I'm right there, but all this hard work that goes into that, not only to be able to be decent at golf, but de be decent at anything, um, is stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So, um, I've hit so many golf balls and grinded so much where I feel like it's just a mental point, just like with everything else. Um, just being in the right spot mentally, being able to get there is the key, really. Um, it's wild. <clears throat> i seen Brittany Griner, man. This shit is crazy to me. Um, yeah, I mean, it just depends, really. What's where you're at and it's all timing apparently everything um I don't know I'm really looking forward to the Giants season as much as I know everyone's gonna say the Giants are gonna be terrible I think they're gonna be pretty good um but who knows I may be fabrically wrong about that which could very well be possible i've been certainly wrong about plenty of things but been right about a few been seeing a lot of uh college sports name image likeness being talked about as pro sports obviously seeing some of the things shake out with sports gambling and some of the equality situations with women's sports and seeing more of it hopefully with the WNBA trying to get Brittany griner back and expanding a little bit and just trying to continue moving forward in life is what everyone's trying to do um i guess on the podcast with this because obviously the live tour the pga tour and i saw brooks kepka and abraham answer and now people are rumoring kyle morikai even though he says he's not gonna go um, but four-time major champion Brooks Koepka is leaving the PGA Tour um, to join the Breakaway Live Golf Invitational Series via the Telegraph. And apparently you can get any of this stuff today's day and age on people's Twitter, obviously, um, or Instagram accounts. Because everyone really has a podcast. It's their Instagram story. Um, particularly people that take videos of themselves. Which, honestly, um, I probably should do more of. But for some reason, I can't do that, but I can do what I'm doing right now. I, I don't really know. Um, but before I touch on the live PGA Tour gripe, which is really shaking out to be something interesting for me, um, I need to touch on, I touched a little bit on it, uh, my personal golf, which has been fair, which has been fair. My personal golf is definitely fair. Um, I'm happy to kind of be where I'm at and, knocking on the door of being able to play a little bit 
closer to where I want to be. Um, that takes a lot of hard work, man. A lot of hard work. Uh, particularly, I'm staying on the PGA Pro side of things, uh, the teaching side, where I've been teaching. I taught. I've taught more solo individual golf lessons in a span of four and a half months than I've taught in the past five years in my life since I've been out of Coastal Carolina University in December of 2016. Um, it's been great for me, man. Uh, I first wanted to just say, I had someone text, text me the other day, which is just weird. I have a lot of people like constantly texting me with like, obviously I don't have their name in their phone, so it's just numbers. At least they say who it is, that helps. <clears throat> uh, but the person texted me and they said, out of the blue on Friday and said, Hey, wanted to let you know that I will do more lessons with you. But in the meantime, I went to the driving range today and was striping it quote unquote, mostly your feedback is effective and made a huge difference. I really appreciated that on a Friday afternoon. I was like, damn, this is a good way to start the weekend. Thanks for that. That was very nice, kind words. Um, you know what I think's really funny about teaching golf? So, You know, I get tattoos. I got a barber. I'm very loyal to my people, so don't get me wrong. I, but I ain't talking shit about the other uh, barbers or tattoo artists. Like, I ain't like, nah. I ain't like, yo, this dude's shit. Like, go to my guy. I'm like, well, just come to my guy. Like, the dude in the barber shop cutting hair next to the other dude cutting hair isn't sitting next to... And telling his guy in his chair, bro, this dude next to me sucks at cutting hair, bro. Like, what? Like, the golf professionals are constantly talking bad about other golf professionals. You know what's even funnier to this? I tried to, uh, oh shit, I got cut out of this. That's funny. I tried to, uh, Try to reach out to a place to be able to teach outdoors because I've mainly been teaching indoors right now. Cool spot to do it. Got cameras. A lot of people like that more than going outdoors. So it's been it's been a good spot to be able to do do it. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, but it would be nice to be able to have a spot that if people wanted to get outdoors, you know, let's get outdoors. Let's teach outdoors words. So I've been calling up, call up a couple places. My dad told me about a place close to my house, been around, whatever. Um clients in Madison so I call up this guy and I'm asking him you know about the situation and he's one of the teaching pros there and he was very very rude and I'm just stunned at the type of people that act like PGA status is nothing like it is just so funny to me number one there's so many people that are teaching golf that aren't even PGA certified, which I think is so funny to me. <laughs> I really do. Um, I will never talk bad about any other person teaching golf because that is just not my style. I will always recommend to come to a golf lesson myself, obviously, um, or my dad, who I think is a great golf teacher, or any anybody that I know who I think is. A, I am not against me. I'm not, oh, I'm the only person that can teach you. Absolutely not. Um but I think it's funny to me the type of stories that I hear about these golf lessons that people get and 
they describe their golf lesson to me and they're either lying to my face or this person should not even have a job. That's personally the way I feel about it from what I learned from school. So people are just getting ripped off apparently, um, robbed um, at this one joint and maybe other joints too. And, you know, I just continue to kind of do what I do, which is push forward. I can't force people to check out my podcast. I can't force people to take a golf lesson for me, with me. All I can do is continue to advertise myself. All I can do is continue to produce content when I can. And the the rest, you know, ship lies where it may. Um, I've kind of found, fell into peace with that, where it's been... It's been a little bit of a grind to get to that point. And, you know, like I said, there's going to be times where I don't feel like I'm at peace with that. But hopefully I can stay where I'm at with it, which is, you know, I'm a damn good golf professional. Um, If anybody needs help with their golf game or needs to be taught anything about golf from beginner to tour level, uh, I'm willing to teach anybody. And I'm confident in my ability to teach anybody. And I feel the same way about doing my podcast. As much as recently it's been down, I feel like, and not where I want it to be. I wasn't teaching as much golf for the first five years of my career, which is really what I wanted to do since I made it out of college. And made a lot of mistakes in general with basically a lot of things that happened to me. But the other interesting thing about life is you can't go back and change it. And there's tough when you live life off having regrets. So I try to keep moving forward. I try to keep continuing to push forward and make new opportunities and continue to grow and embrace and learn. And that's something that I've always tried to do. Um, Never losing my sense of wonder and empathy and trying to be a good person at all times. Um, I think that's why in general... Um, I've really been able to come around, just helping as much as I can myself and trying to make myself happy and realizing that a lot of that is going to be your own doing, my guy. Um, not everybody wants to come through and talk about anything or sports or whatever. Um, that's okay. And, you know, before I shut it off today, I think it's just crazy to me, this whole, how people are reacting about the PGA Tour and the Live Tour, particularly because, man, the PGA Tour has just done a terrible job, like, supporting its players um, for years. And it's kind of how I feel about the PGA of America, where it's like, my brother's constantly getting screwed over, I've not necessarily been screwed over but i feel like it's constant politic and bullshit where it's like what like i can't get a job because what i'm not old enough what you don't know me it's like it's very my friend knows you so you got the job type of thing with the pga which is it's tough when you're trying to advance um which is why i kind of broke off to be more of a solo kind of self-employed contractor um even though 
probably need better locations. Um, that's where I'm at right now. So there's nothing I can there's nothing I can do about that really. Um, still trying to let some things play out, and it's kind of how I feel about these guys that are joining the live. Guys that I did not think would join, even though Brooks Kepka is the type of dude that really is only in the majors, so it's not surprising that he's going to be still probably able to play in the majors and play in the Live Tour, make way more money, way less tournaments. He don't like the grind of the PGA Tour anyways. Makes a lot of sense for him. Um, you know, some of these poster board guys, Bryson DeChambeau, did not expect that, but at the same time, not surprising with the type of uh, player in fan reaction and everything that he is really um which is you know a really good golfer but also very polarizing um yeah i didn't expect anything other than this and i started talking about this the second i heard about it and i think now the pga tour is slipping into a real problem where <laughs> uh, yeah i don't want to watch the same three four five guys up there every week which is what a lot of these section events are if you go check out the leaderboards same three four five guys winning the tournaments every year but you go put those guys in the travelers that they qualified this week for and they're not making the cut and it's just interesting to me man you put you know dustin johnson you put phil in the u.s open back with all these guys this week and yeah whatever they didn't they didn't uh <laughs> they didn't do last place but phil was pretty damn close <laughs> And, you know, it's just, it's like, damn, dude, I would do the same thing if I could go compete with less guys, which is also guys that are over the hill, less talent. I mean, you got some other guys with talent coming over. So either way, you're looking at it where it's not you're going to have the same guy winning every week, I think, on the Live Tour, where you might be running into that problem on the PGA Tour now that you have a couple of these upper echelon talent guys and a lot of guys people aren't going to know. And anybody can win any week. It's one of the great things about golf. But it also goes to show when, I don't know, if you're, you got to get better to be better. But if you're maxed out at what you think you can be, it's that's not really true either. You could always be better. So I think people are reacting about it the wrong way where a lot of these guys are trying to do it as career moves They're not only trying to make more money which obviously these leagues are paying more money so it's whatever it's obviously only about the money but people want to bring in all these other human rights issues and twitter fucking question comments and it's like whatever dude like if that's what you're worried about like i said stop putting gas in your car and stop buying cell phones and anything else that you are currently typing on because those aren't made here either um it's very it's a very fine line to me personally with everybody with what they're going to support and not support and i think it's going to be interesting to see how the things shake out for the pga tour and these guys on the live tour and when these tournaments come up and majors obviously and how the major uh committees react to these people tour players joining the live series and if they're allowed to play or not and it's going to be i don't know it's going to be very interesting to see what shakes out with all that um because 
That's the thing, man. That's what I was saying about Phil. It's like, what? Dude, Phil ain't going to win on the PGA Tour anymore. He was lucky to win the PGA Championship being the oldest to do so. Pretty incredible stuff. But, like, after everything that happened to him, he barely looks like he can even pl- walk 18 holes. I'm wondering why he wants to only play three rounds. <laughs> um, I don't know. I do think now that Brooks is going and you got Bryson going and you got these guys over there already and that are somewhat big names, Dustin Johnson, Phil, as much as you don't want to admit it. I mean, he's still a big name when you're only playing 50 guys in a tournament, team event style as well. Um, I think you're going to have more and more, man. (laughs) Pretty sure you might just have the PGA Pro Tour. Never mind the PGA Tour. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot life everyone trying to figure it all out and do everything at their own pace and keep all this other external social media and white noise out of what they're trying to really accomplish in such a fast-paced birthday's coming up here you know just ripping on by life dog about to be seven in a few months crazy to me It's like all my friends always say, it is what it is, it's life, and to be quite frank, they ain't wrong. Well, that's all I had for the airwaves today, I've kind of gone off the rails a little too much, but got some of the stuff out I wanted to. So, I don't know, hopefully I'll make it back around at some point, touch on the NBA draft, with Rich, um, which will take place this Thursday at 8, which I believe I mentioned, which I'm really looking forward to. Thunder looking in a bright spot. Um, Yankees, Mets, definitely dominating the New York area when it comes to what is happening here. The MLB. I saw they got the pitch clock working in the minor leagues. Stolen bases are up. Um, a lot of interesting stats coming out of that. Uh, the MLB is thinking about doing it. She didn't really have much for that. He don't really have much for me wanting to shorten the season at all. He's just all about watching all the games and enjoying as much baseball as he can, which ain't going to lie. It ain't bad betting on the Mets and the Yankees right now, man. You throw five ten dollars on that a day, plus one point. Or minus 1.5 uh, run line, or you stick just to the money line, depending on where it's at. Not a bad bet, to be honest. Trying to make a quick 25 bucks in a tough economy. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting things kind of in this low of sports. You got the USFL playoffs. You got the Stanley Cup finals still kind of going on. Game four coming up, I believe tomorrow uh maybe tonight i don't know i got the nba draft thursday night just waiting for the nfl man just really waiting for the nfl excited about the Giants' season looking to see if daniel jones can do anything and if he can't then we're gonna have another quarterback next year so it's it's a good spot to be if you're a giants fan really with how things have gone over the past three four five years now um and what's really a 
open, wide open division. Because everyone's got the Eagles as shoe-ins just because they traded for A.J. Brown. And it's like, bro, do we even know Jalen Hurts is better than Daniel Jones? <laughs> it's funny because it's just one of those things where he's dropping the ball or stumbling on his feet. But if he ain't doing that, looking pretty damn good sometimes. I don't know. Either way, it's like, that's why it's exciting for me. Because I know for a fact that if he doesn't do well this year, he's either going to be the backup or not with the team. And we're going to be going forward, getting a new quarterback at some point. Just hope it's not Baker Mayfield, who's still looking for a job. And gets a lot of coverage for a guy who might be a backup in this league this upcoming season. Should cover more about... That's the thing. There's too much to cover, really. There's so much going on. And it is kind of unreal. Because I was doing my pod back when there was nothing going on. So it was much easier to come in and kind of have something laid out on how I wanted to do the podcast. Because, shit, there ain't nothing going on. So you can just create your own layout. There's no breaking news ever. Now there's breaking news every five seconds. Times a thousand. But... Try to get some of it covered up today, catching up today, get a little insight today of where I'm at. And I appreciate everybody who still checks in on the podcast, shows any love to it. Much love to all of you. Appreciate all love and support at all, as always. And that's all I had for the airwaves today. You're listening to Seggy Station. See y'all next time. Peace and love. Stay safe.